Hello and welcome to the Are We Okay podcast. I forgot to say my name. <laughs> I, I saw you guys look at me and I was like, did you your name yet? Well, my name is Jemima. <laughs> I'm Olivia. And this is the podcast that we, as two creative freelancers, we came together during lockdown to create. We are aiming to demystify the creative freelance world. We're talking side hustles, redirection, finances. We're here to learn and we hope that we can provide some learning for you all too. We have got the privilege today of speaking to the wonderful Tom Roberts of Tom Foolery. Yeah, Tom is an incredible writer, filmmaker, poet, and now author of the brilliant The Great Realization, which was a poem which had huge success over the lockdown period, and he's gone on to create more and more exciting poetry since. It's a super exciting journey for him. So we delve into his business, Tom Foolery, how that's coming about and his kind of future future plan. So it's yeah, it's super exciting. I'm really excited for him. Yeah, I'm super excited to just talk to Tom as well. I think he's just like such the embodiment of everything that we kind of want to talk about on this podcast, the redirection, making the most of situations presented to you and just using your creativity. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a wise little owl, so I'm sure there'll be some special little nuggets along the way. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Strap in, lads. Tom, thank you so much for coming on our first podcast of Are We Okay? Is this the first one? Yeah, this is the first you one the and you're kicking things. it off. How do you feel? No way. Well, this is this is massive. This is very <laughs> momentous. <laughs> this is this is the start of our little are we okay journey? Our little journey into discovering yeah the whole creative freelance mammoth conversation that could go on forever. I think you'll have plenty of people to talk to. (laughs) Um, So I guess we want to just start by quickly kind of obviously the last 12 months for you have been like massively game-changing. If you can just kind of talk about like how that kind of started and what happened and and what kind of created that kind of change I guess. Yeah okay well I've been uh, I've been attempting to be a, a filmmaker for a while now. Since since leaving university, um, I studied English and drama, and so you know my big sister um, studied medicine, and so you come out of university with a medicine degree and get a job in a hospital, but you come out with an English and drama degree and get a job in a pub <laughs> normally. <laughs> yeah, um, which is where I met Liv. I, I was working in a theatre bar. Uh, yeah. so that's very nice and yes so was really determined to try and forge a career in film so spent three years of four years actually of slog and graft uh, trying to produce uh, my first feature film which was a mammoth undertaking and still hasn't come to its conclusion and then we just got this film finished and the big plan was to take it to film festivals and then to sell it to Netflix or whoever wanted it, massive distributor, make, you know, make back all the money that we spent on it, pay back the investors and, and debut ourselves in the film industry. This was the master plan. Mm. And instead what happened was there was a global pandemic and <laughs> all of the festivals didn't happen, although they have happened now. Um, oh my gosh yeah so I, I yeah I forget that that will have yeah that will have massively interrupted I mean yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. even so think we of were, that 
we was we 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 showed in Raindance in London and then we were going to go to Tallinn and then Moscow Film Festival. And we have been to those places now. But at the time, this is a year ago, um, when we were just trying to plan the festival journey for this feature film that we'd made, um, everything was cancelled or postponed. So not only that, but the <laughs> I had been working as a video editor for a big um, for a big company. I was editing the videos for their Instagram account. So it was not particularly creative, but it was better paid than it was better paid than the bar. Um, and that was a zero hours contract. So suddenly they didn't need me anymore either, which was difficult. And so I couldn't afford to pay my rent anymore. Um, I was having trouble getting on UC. Uh, it was taking a really long time to get me on and my landlord wanted to be paid. And all of these things were, 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 were collapsing around me. Yeah, so I decided to swallow my pride and cut my losses and move back home with my my dad, my stepmom, and my little seven-year-old twin brother and sister for lockdown. And it was while living there that after the first few weeks, I started to think, I can't cope with this if I'm not busy and if I'm not making things. And it seems like my whole industry has shut down and I wasn't even really part of that industry I was trying to get into an industry that is now shut down mm. so that's pretty rubbish so I started making um like short videos with my little brother and sister around the house uh, because um it would give me a chance to like write and direct and act a little bit and edit and produce and all of these things but on a tiny tiny scale mm. and the fourth video that we made went um a little bit bonkers and <laughs> got shared around the internet a lot and so good <laughs> off the back of that we've started a company um we've done a book deal you know we've 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 got somewhat of a social media following now that i that i produce content for and it's all very bizarre and surreal yeah it's crazy isn't it just like how you kind of have one plan and then actually what's happened, even though you're still kind of doing, you're still being creative, it's just gone in a slightly different direction to probably how you'd have started your journey before. So you you were trying to go at it from like the film, the film aspect. And actually what's happened is you've kind of like come back to your writing and your poetry and, and all of that stuff, which is, you know, I guess kind of what we were talking about in terms of like, sometimes what you know what's meant to be the plan isn't and sometimes that works out far better well the plan will probably not be the plan but it's good to have a plan (laughs) yeah Uh, but it's also it's also good to to be very very flexible with the plan or at least that's how it's that's how it appears to me yeah yeah I think a huge thing is that sometimes we see redirection a little bit as like failure and that we are so scared of redirecting and going off the route that we've decided to go on. But obviously for you, that's led to you forming a company. How did that come about? Well, well, so I would, I, well, I decided I wanted to, I decided I wanted to do a little bit of filmmaking. That's how I looked at it. I was like, I want to do a little bit of filmmaking. Um, But obviously I had no money and no resources. The only resources I had were like my house that I was living in, my little brother and sister, my cheap little DSLR <laughs> camera, like these were my resources. So I was like, yeah. right, okay, well, it's not going to be Hollywood, is it? So it, it's going to have to be what it is. So 
that's really what it was. And I didn't particularly think that it was the type of thing that there would be much demand for. And I didn't think it was the type of thing that you could form any kind of credible company around. It was, I perceived it very much as a stopgap. I was like, I will do this until I can get back to doing what I was doing before. Yeah. You know, and we released we released the first one and then the second one and then the third one and and lots of people were watching them you know like I think the first first second and third got about 50,000 um, views each which was ludicrous to me because I don't know that many people and my Facebook is not big so <laughs> so that implied that they were getting shared around a fair bit and I was like okay yeah. wow you know there's there's some people that want to watch these little homemade internet video poems fine all right, let's put a bit more effort in. And so I remember for the fourth one, I I felt more comfortable with the with the process of filming myself and sound recording myself and lighting it and editing. I was getting more ambitious with all of those things. So I thought, let's put a little bit more effort into the story and the message. And so I worked on this poem called The Great Realization, which was like a bedtime story to my little brother and sister about how much better life could be uh, after the pandemic because I felt like I felt like there was a tendency to look backwards and say like I wish things would go back to normal not I wish things would get better because there's a big difference between those things it's not Mm. saying I'm looking forward to when this passes and things get better lots of people myself included wanted things to go back to normal Mm. and so we made a poem about how potentially you know if if we put a little bit of effort into fixing the things that were broken in our lives um maybe the future could be better than the past and so we put that together and released it and you know it it things things got really strange after that lots of lots of um uh, television like news outlets got in touch and wanted to interview me and uh, in not just in this country, but in lots of different countries. And then publishers started getting in touch um, to see if we could turn it into a book. And celebrities were getting in touch to to talk about collaborations and things like that. I managed to get signed uh, with an agency. So all of these all of these crazy things happened. And suddenly we started to learn how you could really monetize this, you know, with things mm-hmm. like YouTube revenue and um, commissioned poems and performing you, you know performing in virtual festivals and uh, the book deal and various things like this yeah and I guess like getting so people was... with high profile you know names or whatever also helps with uh, you know it helps yeah. with kind of the viewing platform for those things as well like people will gravitate towards a name or a you know someone that they've watched and admired for however long reading this you know new person that's kind of come in and and is now creating stuff that they also really like it's quite a nice kind of you know new meets person that's been in the industry for a while and it's it's quite a nice catch on and roll on effect of what can happen when you start to collaborate yeah well we 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 found that suddenly it was it felt like a business it just wasn't a business so we really really quickly um kind of started putting the infrastructure together and Mm. john it's taken like it's taken like eight months it took about eight months before we felt like actually okay everything's in place now you know we've we're, we're fine with company's house we've got the bank account we've got the trademark we've you know we we've we've got the accountants the lawyer we've got the 
you know, it, it really took like the best part of last year to just get the infrastructure of the company together. And we were totally unprepared for all of that. Yeah. But, um, but it was a really sharp learning curve. Yeah. What do you think is the sort of like biggest thing you've learned from it? Is it kind of the business side or is it more the creative? Lots of things. Lots of things. Um, I mean, the creative side is always where I felt more comfortable than the business side the business side hasn't just been me though I've had lots of I've got a team you know and I've got lots of people around me who are quite competent can you just um explain a little bit like you know how you kind of got in touch with those people or how they got in touch with you and how that kind of works from like the ground up to I guess where you are right now like what how does that structure look like what does that you know who needs to be involved how did that those connections start happening just a little bit just so that for people that kind of want to maybe you know start things up in the future that it's quite a it's you know I don't know I don't you know we're kind of having this conversation it's quite good to kind of figure out how those things come to fruition yeah well the most essential element that was the first element to get involved the first person was uh, a manager um his name is Alex and he is wonderful and um I'll tell you how I met him because it's a fun story but uh, essentially like I feel like there's a lot of creative people in the world who are very talented and there's a lot of administrative people in the world who are very talented and every creative person should be paired with an administrative person because actually this is just my perception Mm. but I think creative people have lots of good ideas and they're useless at (laughs) organization and implementation yeah do you know what I mean and what I kind of discovered about a year and a half ago is that I didn't have to be good at those things I just needed to team up with someone who was but who wasn't very creative and because you know there are actually lots of people out there who are really organizational and administrative and they like they like to know how things work and they they like deadlines and they like you know, they like having spreadsheets and calendars and all of those things and to-dos that must be cro- crossed off. And then you've got all these creative people that like to drift around and think things and have like... <laughs> oh, yes. The I know that ideas. person well. <laughs> Say that we're going to start a podcast yes. in September and then actually start it in March. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you had an Alex, then it would have gotten started exactly on the 1st of September. Um, but... Yeah, I realised I realized even before it kicked off with the great realisation that I needed somebody like that if I was going to um, do this uh, because, because I've always been interested in making stuff but I'm quite, I'm quite effective at, at, um, at procrastinating if I've not got a clear direction. Yeah. And sometimes you can procrastinate even by taking too many things on. You know what I mean? I, I'm not yeah. talking procrastinating just as sitting around doing nothing. Sometimes it's like procrastinating to like yeah. commit yourself to 10 different things, knowing full well you can't do all of them. Yeah. And you almost need a manager to say, you are going to do these two things and you're going to do them well. And if you get them done, then you can do two more things, but you're not going to commit to 10 things. Like that's really useful, you know? Yeah, because... I think that's one of my biggest struggles actually is having like five things and doing... 10 minutes of one, then going, oh, I need to do that. And then go to the next one. And then by the end yeah. of the day, I've not actually done a great deal. I've just done lots of tiny bits I, I of get things. halfway through each task and I get to the fifth task and I go, I've not actually completed any task. <laughs> just You've not of... progressed as far <laughs> as if you, as if someone external said to you, all that is important is that task. 
Yeah. And just and just focus that on one. it today. Mm. And that one. And that's what he does to me all the time. Like we we've got like you can't see it and I can't turn the camera, but we've got like a big board full of all the ongoing things. And he will just he will just tell me very clearly, this is the most important one of those things right now. So this is what I want you to be thinking about. And all these other things, like they're the things that have to fit in around that, you know, so that's, that's pretty useful. Mm. Do you think you've taken on any, and like, obviously he's like very organized and like showing you how to prioritize and sort out your tasks. Do you think you've taken any of that on? Or do you think you need, still need an Alex to be like, right, we're doing this today. Do you think you've taken it I've, on into your- I've taken it, I've taken life? it on a lot. Yeah, I've taken it on a lot. And I've become a lot more organizational in the last year, but I know that I know that if he went away, the ship would sink. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> you turn around in circles. <laughs> yeah. Um you said how was it? You said you had a fun story about how you how you came across the wonderful organizational Alex. Oh, well, so uh what when I was at when I was at Manchester Uni I was doing drama and they they put out a they put out a call out to all of the drama students to say basically James Blake is doing a gig uh, a Halloween gig in Manchester and it's like interactive and they need (laughs) they need zombies (laughs) yeah yeah it's like it's like an immersive Halloween experience and they need like drama students to go and be zombies and you're going to be like in eight hours of prosthetics we'll pay you 50 quid and you can be a zombie in a James Blake gig. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Um, no one else in my year signed up to it. I was the only one. Like, <laughs> other, other, people, other people did it. Like, there I've were got a sneaky zombies, feeling. But... It might have something to do with eight hours in prosthetics for 50 pounds. <laughs> 50 quid, it's not even, it's not even 10 pounds <laughs> an hour, you is do it? When you're at uni, like, yeah, yes. but when I, was, when I was a student, like, I yeah. really... Like the 50 quid was actually more of a reason to do it than the James Blake gig, even though I really <laughs> like James Blake. Um, so anyway, so I went down and I did it and um, it was really fun. It was really fun. I actually don't think James Blake was there at the end. Like he didn't show up or something and it was years and years. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. I got my zombie on and it was great. And the person who was like in charge of running us was uh, James Blake's tour manager at the time, which was this guy called Alex. And, you know, sometimes you meet these people that are younger than you. Alex was a year younger than me. And he'd, he'd been tour managing like Florence and the Machine, Ellie Golding, The Script, James Blake, Bombay yeah. Bicycle Club, all of, these, all of these musicians. I was like, oh, you are someone who is <laughs> That's cool. getting, you're getting lots of things done despite your youth. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, was, I was very impressed by him. Anyway, um, a month passed. And I didn't get my 50 quid. And so I was really annoyed by that. So I, I'd made, I'd Facebook friended Alex on that evening. And so I sent him a message on Facebook being like, hey, didn't get my 50 pounds. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Oh. He, he was in, he was in, he was in like, like I think he was in like Saudi Arabia on a, on a music tour with some artists. Like he had bigger fish to fry than this <laughs> student from the University of Manchester's 50 pounds. But anyway, he responded on Facebook being like, oh, I'll sort it out. And then another month passed and I still didn't have my 50 quid. So I messaged again. And I think he decided at that point to shut me up. It was worth just paying me out of his own pocket, which he did because it wasn't him who was supposed to pay me. It was someone else, but they just weren't doing it. So he was just like, oh, just give me your bank details. And he transferred me 50 quid. And I was like, oh, happy no days. And then five years passed and we didn't speak. 
but there's this strange thing that happens these days with Facebook when you're Facebook friends with someone where you kind of get to see occasionally from afar what they're up to and I don't have many Facebook friends who are like tour managers <laughs> and so whenever something popped up from him it was always quite interesting and I'd always be curious about it and always be like oh wow like he'd be in a different part of the world opening a show with this massive pop star and I was like oh that's really cool and then um and then when I decided I wanted to get this poetry stuff together uh, I sent him a message and he was in London and it was like it was like two months before coronavirus came along it was really fortuitous how I you know because otherwise it probably wouldn't have happened yeah that's really yeah I didn't realize it was so close it was to like that. yeah it was like in October of 2019 so wow. the world kind of closed in early 2020 so mm -hmm. anyway around October I was like hey man I'm thinking of because I've been doing poetry shows for years and years you know and I didn't even have any social media accounts for them you know like I do poetry shows and people would say to me where can we find you online? And they'd be like, oh, you can't. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed the show. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was kind of starting to have, I was starting to get fed up by the fact that I wasn't promoting myself at all. I was writing material and I was performing it, you know, to a, to a degree that I was happy with, but I wasn't doing any of the other stuff. I wasn't promoting myself. I wasn't mm. marketing myself. I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of the, things that I think a lot of artists don't like to do yeah. you know um and I realized that I didn't like to do those things and so I could either do a bad job myself or I could try and find someone who wants to do those things for me who would do a good job and so I thought Alex was like the most prolific person that I knew so I sent him a message and I was like hey can we you know can we meet for a pint I've got a proposition for you and he was like yeah sure I'm, like I'm in London next week let's meet for a pint so we met for a pint and I pitched him the whole thing of him being like my manager. And he was just like, I just, I just don't think, I don't think that it fits with what I'm doing at the moment. I was like, fine, but I'm doing a poetry show tonight. Maybe you can come and see and then make your mind up. And so he came with me. I, I was doing a sofa sounds show and they're, I love sofa sounds. They're really nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And he watched it and he had a good time. And at the end of it, he was like, oh, okay, that was, yeah okay let's do something let's let's give it a go and so he set me up with all the youtube account facebook instagram he got me in the habit of um of posting things and um you know doing doing all of doing like branding like together we got a logo designed we got mm. like an animated intro for the logo like all of those little fiddly things yeah that, that you don't think like about. the artist is just like i just want to write the song or i just want to write the poem or make the film it's like well yeah there's all these other things so he did all that and then four months later it just kicked off and so he's been glued to me ever since. It's funny isn't it because I feel like that has become so much more of a thing over the last yeah I guess the last you know few years maybe even longer that the whole social media aspect of it I think like I've found that really challenging as well like from an acting point of view because it's just it's it's a bit strange to know how to market yourself even though we kind of put ourselves out there kind of so willingly we then don't really know how to uh, <laughs> I think we don't know how to no uh, one teaches you to how to shout because we're especially as British people we're told to be so modest all the time and we're, we're it's so difficult to actually promote yourself and to know how to even start promoting yourself so to have someone there to go 
Yeah, it's a really good idea to kind of have someone yeah kind of kind of it's that that whole thing isn't it it's like at school when you have you know you have a teacher kind of go yep you've done the right thing or yep okay right this is when this deadline is due and you kind of have that constant Mm -hmm. feedback so I guess that that is essentially what your relationship is with Alex it's having that person to go it's having that person to go back to which is what we were talking about the other day when we were saying accountability yeah and and to keep yourself accountable especially when you know things get hard and you know any creative kind of understands that it's it's hard to sometimes keep yourself in that momentum of you know to just keep going sometimes when life kind of hits you so to have someone to kind of keep you accountable for that is when things you know aren't quite going well or you're not quite feeling yourself or whatever it is you've kind of got that person to go this has to happen and and you need to be doing this and this is how you do it and it's those things that I think as a creative when you come out into the world you kind of go what am I doing like I've learned all of these Mm. things I know that I'm good at this I know that I'm good at writing I know that I'm good at poetry I know that I'm good at fitness I know that you know you know all of these things but it's how to it's often how to apply it and I think in the most productive way it's when you sort of leave training isn't it that you're like Mm. oh shit I don't know how to do anything like I guess like because you obviously did drama in uni right so what was your kind of experience coming out of uni just being spat out into the world compared to like what your experience is now well, I mean, I mean, you university, like the, the the degree itself, and and I think I think a lot of kids go to university thinking they're going to get taught how to do things, and mm. I, it really that wasn't my experience at all. Uh, my experience was like, um, here's a load of theory, and here's a load, you know, a lot a load of modules that will take you through through like the theory of these very niche, very intricate aspects of of this subject and it's like fine but it would have been very easy to spend three years there and never never make a film never make a play never you know um, create a performance like all of that you had to do yourself if you wanted to and I had a good group of friends and myself I would say that were really motivated to make things and so genuinely I actually I'm, I'm not that proud of a lot of the work that I submitted to my lecturers. I'm not that proud of a lot of the uh, essays I handed in, but I'm really proud of a lot of the things that we made, you know, that weren't for uni, but we made yeah. while we were there. You know, a lot of those things, I think, were the, like, the incubation period of, of, um, of all that came next. You know, it was, it was the time where you could try things and get things wrong and it didn't really matter because you were still within a structure and no one was relying on you to pay rent and um you know because because we have the these massive loans that we can never pay off which is another problem entirely but still but do you know what I mean you're you're stripped of kind of a lot of responsibility so you can embark in a lot of risk taking what that meant was when I got out of uni when I got spat out I noticed that a lot of people in my year didn't know what to do because for the first time ever they weren't part of a structure there was no one telling them they had to do this by then you know Mm. and all your life up until that point someone's telling you you have to do this by then and suddenly people are just leaving you be it's like you know Mm. you're on your own (laughs) you know do do what you want but I was really in the habit of not wait you know 
<laughs> if if the mountain won't come to Mohammed, Mohammed's got to go to the mountain. It was like <laughs> I was really in the habit of like of like if I don't make stuff, yeah. nothing will happen. Definitely. Yeah. So I teamed up with I teamed up with some mates and we just started making this feature film because we thought that was we thought that that was the way in to where we wanted to be because we loved watching um you know where where avid um film watchers um and 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 writers and directors and producers in the making you know so we pursued there um what i would say to people starting out is the the of all the roles like the agent the 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 accountant the lawyer the 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 collaborators of they're they're all well and good the the manager is really useful if you're like a poet or a musician or an mm. artist if you're if you're a if you're a filmmaker um i think it's the collaborators i think the most important thing is re- building relationships with with up with new directors and new producers uh and actors and cinematographers and all of that if you're, if you're a filmmaker if you're an actor i think it's I actually think you've got the toughest bag of anybody because you're so dependent. (laughs) You're so dependent on other people's visions, including you. So, but I'm meeting a lot of actors these days who are um, in the, in the gaps of time where, where they're not engaged in a project where they're doing other creative things, you know, Mm. they're, they're writing their own shorts that they're going to be in or they're making a podcast or they're or they're producing their first their first short or, or whatever like that and I think that that's so sensible I think that that's so sensible yeah it's a funny one isn't it because we've obviously spoken a lot about uh not ha- I think a big thing for me when I went into acting and, and it was actually a, um, a teacher of mine that I absolutely adored and he always kind of said never have a plan b and I always I really was attracted to that idea because it meant that I would, you know, if you're passionate enough and if you're, you know, determined enough, then then you d- you shouldn't need the plan B. And if you had the plan B, then you would fall back on it. And I think what I've learned through my experience of being an actor, like you said, you're so dependent on other people and you're so dependent on the agent and the cast narratives and, you know, where the jobs are at and, and things like that, that you can often get lost in the process of feeling like, well, if I have a plan B, then, you know, then everything's ruined when actually it's, it's the better option. I think what this year has allowed so many, I think creatives in general, but it's allowed everyone a little bit of time whilst maybe they've not been having to work that 40 hour week job or that, you know, that job that they don't want to do that they've had time to re-engage with that creativity again. And then they've gone, actually, what else can I do? that still is that creative thing. So I think, yeah, it, I think it just kind of all... I think it's also given people a lot of time to just explore themselves as well in general. I mean, like, I know for me personally, it was a way of like exploring things I maybe needed to heal from the past. And I think that's been a big thing for a lot of people. And a lot of people have been sort of branching out, maybe in terms of something like podcasting, they're branching from um, a creative industry into something more like podcasting where it's more storytelling and that kind of just building I guess it's networking again yeah networking you're still allowed to kind so... of have conversations and hear other people's stories and kind of delve into that and, and you're still kind of doing that thing that you like to do so it's it's all it's all part of it isn't it and it's kind of I think when we came to this idea it was it was learning that you know 
what what are the if you break it down how do how do people set these things up and I think actually through this year people have been able to see that a little bit more they've been able to see how people are doing things or just taking the plunge themselves so I think that's essentially what you've kind of done and gone actually I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I know how to do anyway but I'm just gonna do it in this in this way and then obviously it was it was really popular and successful and you've kind of you've kind of gone with that which is so well said (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah I was like that's it that's that's the end of that sentence um but yeah I think just going forward like what do you what's your plan like are you kind of are you going to carry on this journey are you wanting to branch out are you kind of you know are you sticking to just what's happening right now with all the poetry are you still want are you wanting to go into the film kind of you know yeah well a lot of a lot of opportunities that were never possible for me um this time a year ago are now becoming so and that's that's something that I would not sleep very well in my bed if I felt like I squandered those incredibly rare chances that that we don't always get so there's there's two hush hush projects that um are going to take the next you know few months perhaps that um that I'm working on which uh, which you know I've got I've got really good people around who are who are who are guiding the ships of and I, I you know I really hope can come to fruition nicely and then and then there's all the other stuff which is like keeping up with you know keeping up with regularly engaging in what's going on in the world and and putting it into words and putting that in turning that into a film and releasing it for free you know because I like that I I really (laughs) I think it would be really silly of me to to start setting up like arbitrary paywalls Mm. um between myself and the 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 audience that is somewhat established now and you know they came along because I was creating content that they liked and I was giving it away for free and so I want to keep doing that and I want to treat that as a priority um but in the background have these more long-term projects that are going to keep the company afloat and keep me afloat you know and, and all the people who are working with me now so that's that's important too and that that has to take precedence sometimes but um but fundamentally making sure that making sure that I still have the the space to create things is really, really nice. And Mm -hmm. all, you know, shows and books and podcasts and all the other things like that, they, they, you know, can develop in this, in this. Yeah. They can support. Yeah. They can support kind of everything else as well. Like as you go along with it. Yeah. Yeah. How do do you, like you're saying that you need to keep that space and that create that space to create how do you create that? Do you actually block out time to create? Well, it's it's a problem that is not much of a problem at the moment because I have no social life. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> like <laughs> coronavirus has destroyed uh, my social life. And I used to actually, my life was like, I don't know whether it was like 60, 40 work and work and 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 mess around with mates but now it's like you know I'm not someone who gets 
I mean, obviously I do it, like we've all been doing it for the last year, but I don't get tremendous amount of joy from like a, a virtual Zoom with all of my mates. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So like that, awkward. it doesn't feel yeah. the same to me as it doesn't. I don't. I don't come away from it thinking I've had a really nice night comparatively to you know the the nights the nights of of 2019 and <laughs> and and before yeah. where you're actually with people and you're and you're getting up to antics and you're and you're you know you're being silly. You're telling stories <laughs> and being silly and like yeah. that's what I like. And so until that can come back properly. I'm kind of working pretty much around the all clock. day, every day. On, on the yeah. weekends, I, I like to spend time with my family because I'm still living with my brother and sister. I have plans to, to, to move out in the next year as soon as it makes financial sense. But, um, but I'm still there for now. So weekends, I try and do like family time. And in the weeks, I just like work. And so I've got lots of space to think <laughs> and be creative. <laughs> Maybe no... a little too much. <laughs> It's no problem at the moment. (laughs) Before we're talking about coming out of lockdown and coming out into the world and what we kind of want to see from our industries in terms of like how they develop and how they take on the learnings from the last year. Is there anything that you think that like the creative industry or the film industry could take from this year and that you would like to see? Not sure if this is aimed more at the industry itself. I think the, (laughs) I think the, the industry took a bucket of cold water to the face um, <laughs> in in the realization of the fact that the 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 lawmakers of the land do not view do not view the creative industries as essential. I think film and TV have actually done okay. Mm. Um, theater and music, you know, th- the things that depend on live performance, I think have been royally shafted is is the politest politest way I can probably put it um you know there's been some really really ugly propaganda in the last Mm, year you know the 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 ballerina that should retrain in cyber all of this like it's like from my perspective it's as simple as this it's like in the world we have people who are creatively minded and we have people who are scientifically minded and we need both of them very very much because it's like look there was a pandemic and the, 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 the quick assumption by, by our trusted leaders was that the scientifically minded people would be helpful and would solve the problem and the creatively minded people should wait at home for things to get better and stay out of the way. And from my perspective, it's like, and bearing in mind, I come from a family where my mum's a midwife, dad's a doctor, big sister's a doctor, I write poems. So it's like, <laughs> I know what it's like to live amongst the scientifically minded and the creatively minded and it's like I think that we had the brightest and best scientifically minded people in the land working flat out to try and combat the physical effects of this virus you know uh, the loss of life the coughing the the inability to breathe the the ventilation all of those things I think you know coming up with a vaccine I think that we depended on we clapped for them every Thursday but I think you've got a whole other group of people that are essential for combating the psychological effects of the pandemic you know the mental impact Mm. you know it it feels like it feels like Matt Hancock is really bothered about 
you know, how many people are contracting the virus, but not about how many people are slipping into depression or mm, feeling deeply yeah. isolated or committing suicide or any of these things, you know? And I actually think that it's the artists, the musicians, the dancers, the storytellers, the ballerinas. I think these are the groups of people that give all of society um, the, 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 the meaning in life, you know, mm. the, the reason why it's worth carrying on yeah, and yeah. and pushing asking questions and... pushing forward being engaged and all of this yeah. and it was actually really laid nakedly bare this last year the way that um you know certain types of brains are perceived as essential and certain types of brains are perceived as luxuries and I really think that that's fundamentally wrong I don't think it's a matter of opinion I think it's really really incorrect it's really wrong and so yeah. I'm trying to make that point again and again and again and again and I think the industry uh needs to I think the industry itself will get stronger knowing knowing that it's perceived as non-essential and mm. I think you know there's a certain drive within us to show people why we're essential and so I think we're going to get the most interesting work we've seen in a long time coming out in the next decade. Yeah, I agree. It's that fight, isn't it? It's that, you know, as a, you know, as a creative, I think you have to have that absolute fire in your gut to be doing it in the first place because it's already brutal. So to have this year kind of thrown into the mix, I think you're right. I do. I really do think you're right. I think we're going to see some really, really interesting stuff. And I think people and and actually, I think what will happen is it will then as a, a roll on effect, I think it will really prove to people that have maybe switched off from that, you know, perception of the arts and like music or film, TV, you know, podcast, whatever it is, any kind of creative outlet I think people will suddenly realize when it all starts kickstarting again just how just how important it is to have well if you haven't had anything creative in the last year you are literally only talking about what you did in lockdown yeah and what you did in lockdown was watch tv yeah listen to music read listen to podcasts and stared at the wall a bit yeah like you know you did <laughs> everything you did was created by creatives yeah yeah but yeah that has been deemed as unessential and yeah I guess that kind of all rounds it all up quite well I think um you know I think we're we're about to see some really interesting stuff and I think from from you as well Thomas um so yeah it's all, yeah um so I guess we've got one one final oh, final final little question that you know this is our first first episode which has been great um, but going forward, this is a question that we will continue to ask everyone because we just kind of really want to open up this question and genuinely ask the question as well. You know, like, are you doing okay in general? How are you doing? Um, that's a very nice question to ask. And, um, you know, thank you. Thank you very much for, uh, for having me and, and letting me air my little thoughts and experiences I appreciate that um I don't really think so to be completely honest I think I think um I think in the grand scheme of things yes I'm absolutely fine you know I'm 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 healthy I'm safe 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm able to work. I live in a very free country um, where you can, you know, where you can create opportunities for yourself. So in so many respects, the answer to your question is yes, I'm wonderful. But, but at the same time, I, I, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's in periods of time like this when people voluntarily give up a lot of their freedoms that are the most important to stay alert and uh, they're really dangerous. I don't know if you've read Naomi Klein's book, Shock Doctrine, but it's a, it's a wonderful no. book. And it's, it's just a book about how whenever there's a disaster, like a tsunami or a hurricane or a war or a pandemic, and, you know, fear is used to convince populations to give up a lot of their basic freedoms. It's in those moments that, that, um, that, tyrannical um tyrannical keepers of power whether that's government or business whatever move in to to the, to the space left behind and i think i don't think i'll be able to say yes i'm okay until until we're allowed to you know go and watch theater again until we're allowed to go and listen to live music again till we're allowed mm. to hang out with our friends till we're allowed to go and visit our mum and not have to you know be breaking the law to do so you know I don't think people are supposed to be okay until you can do those very very basic things yeah so so obviously the answer is yes but mm -hmm. really the answer is no but we will be so that's yeah. the main thing oh thank like thank you so much for such a good honest uh, answer because I think it's so refreshing for because we all just go yeah no I'm good mm -hmm. yeah I think especially with some like especially in the creative and like freelance industries we're like yep yeah, everything's going really good yep yeah, mm -hmm, great well it's that but... thing isn't it how you're 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 kind of pro I think I'm right in saying this I think you're kind of programmed to think that you're you're meant to be okay um and I think uh you know through the mental health you know decline that's kind of happened throughout this year I mean even before that there was you know decline but this year even more so I think it's really easy to ask that question and to skate over it and go oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm fine but how do you know when someone's actually asking you that question and they actually are they've got 10 minutes to sit around and listen to the to the response so I think it's really important to kind of know where people are at especially coming hopefully to the end um of this this whole you know, COVID experience and whatever it's been, I think to kind of uh, know how people are genuinely feeling is comforting for people to, especially... Well, so know you're not alone yeah. in the days you wake up and you're just like, I mean, you're reading the news and most of the news is bad, unfortunately. And I mean, especially this week, you were saying sort of about um, sort of the onset of like tyranny during times like this. And I mean, with the bill that just got pushed through parliament, about protests i mean it's pretty terrifying that mm. democracy you can only protest between this time and this time <laughs> and you can't be too loud it's like and if you ask for permission mm. it's terrifying it's like, well, and that's if you ask for permission of... it's like well that's that's Probably not really no. that's not the that's thing that's not really how it works um, <laughs> Please. so this is what i mean this is what i mean you know you've got to be really alert in times like this in times like these because there is no guarantee ever that the freedoms that we gave up will be given back. 
mm-hmm. you know, ever, yeah. you know, and, and actually, you know, at the beginning, at the beginning, we were told this was two weeks, you know, and, and it's a year later. And look, I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating a situation in which we didn't go into lockdown or any of these things, because I understand the rationale, you know, I live, my dad is an epidemiologist, you know, that's the study of disease. So every night for the last year, I've had really well-informed discussions with him about what's going on. And I'm not criticizing the actions that have been taken. I think maybe more effective actions could have been taken, but that's just a matter of opinion. But what I am saying is when you give up, when you give up a certain freedom or a certain way of life that was hard fought, you know, it's not, it's not obvious that the, the freedoms that we have, you know, it's not self-evident that we should have those. People had to, people had to work to get to that place. You know, people mm-hmm. had to earn them. You know, there was, a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of time in the past where people, where people, you know, were living under some form or other of tyranny or oppression. Yeah. So it's like, right, you've established a pretty free society then a pandemic's come along and you've voluntarily given up a lot of your freedoms. Well, look, make sure that the people you've given them up to are going to give them back when they say they are, because, because it's, you know, it's, it shouldn't be presumed that they will. Mm-hmm. What a, what what a, a bombshell to end on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tom, thank you so much. Um, and I think just to, just so that people are aware, like where can they find you? What, what platforms are you on? Um, just so that people can have a search for you and stuff. Well, I am. So my website from which place you can get to all various things is probably tomfoolery.com. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok under probably tomfoolery. And on in those various places, you can pretty much see everything that I've made in the last year. So please do do that. And I've got a book out called The Great Realisation. Which, which I also have, get. which is great. Um, Tom, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, thank you so much. Just It's been such a great chat and I feel like it's a really um, kind of encapsulates perfectly what this uh, podcast is about and why we started it in the first place. So I'm really excited for yeah, people to hear it. So thank you very much yeah, for your thank time. Thank you so much for just being so honest and open and just bring it all together in such a concise way thank you for having me very welcome (laughs) oh what a great chat I just honestly feel like that is just such a beacon of hope for people listening to that in the creative freelance world if you've gone through this year I think I needed it just as much as I think anyone else that has dealt with this year and and even before it's such a helpful you know list of things that he kind of went through there I just I loved it so much. Yeah, and I think it's so important to not remove um, us as creative freelancers from the current political climate. I mean, as Tom said, that we have almost been told that we are expendable and that our skills mm-hmm. don't matter as much as some other minds. And I think I just loved how Tom brought in pretty much everything from everything that's going on in the world. You're know, talking about the loss of freedom and our, you know, our optional giving up of freedom and what that actually means for us going forward. I just love that chat, everything about the industry. Yeah, I I really do think that if you have have had to deal with being in that creative freelance world throughout this year, that's just nothing but helpful and hopefully just a bit of hope going forward in terms of what's possible. Yeah, what a first episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please 
rate, review and subscribe. It just helps us grow as a podcast and bring you more wonderful chats like this. Yeah, thank you so much.